Bird is unyawning. <sighs> oh, one sec. Cool. We are live. Alright, we'll give it a minute. Wait for everyone to get up in here and all that great stuff. Before we get started, we do kind of have a lot to talk about today. So, uh, yeah, we'll give it a minute here. Okay. But as we are getting ready, though... Uh, what's good, y'all? Welcome back. I am one of your co-hosts, Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach V. Uh, joined with my co-host here. Pretty staffer. And uh, you know what? Today we are talking women's flag football. I don't know if y'all could have heard that. But we are talking women's flag football specifically on the NAIA level. We're continuing our series here, kind of previewing these teams because women's flag football is an emerging sport in my opinion it's the next development in football and all that great stuff and you know um i mean we're entering the second year of it last year was the first year you had teams from kansas uh nebraska new orleans i want to say tennessee competing and then obviously florida as well florida for those of you who don't know is basically you know the standard when it comes to girls of flag football women's flag football I believe as far as states go, they have been doing it the longest, at least since like the late 90s or so, um, according to my research and all that stuff. So they know what they're doing. And, you know, these programs here, there are about six programs, five in Florida, one in Georgia. Uh, I mean, they have a bunch, and I mean a bunch of history behind them already just because of the coaching staff that has been involved with uh, women's flag football on the high school level. And then also uh, the players, you know, even some of these players that are like juniors, seniors, upperclassmen, whatever, right? Uh, they are experienced with uh, women's flag football, with girls' flag football, and the rules because on the collegiate level, Cody, I don't know if you do this, but they do play by Florida rules for the most part. That is the setup, and so everyone is familiar with those rules. I know some athletes do start playing in middle school and whatnot, and so you have a lot of those players that basically have been playing since middle school, and then, you know, when they went to college, they obviously didn't have an opportunity to play uh, if they didn't play for their club team for, uh, you know, one of the major universities out there. But now, because of women's flag football becoming a collegiate sport on the NAIA level, they have that opportunity to not only, you know, have a little bit of their education paid for, but also play on a pretty high level against other teams as well. And so... In my honest opinion, and, you know, could be a little biased, but uh, just from what I've observed from the last year or so, uh, the research I've done, not just like, you know, recently, but in about the last year or so, I would say this Sun Conference team is probably the equivalent of the SEC when it comes to women's flag football. This is the standard. You have the talent on the coaching level. You have the talent on the players. Uh, or with the players, obviously. And, you know, they, they play with pride. They play with a bunch of pride. And uh, already a lot of these programs kind of have their own personalities uh, forming here, which I absolutely love. Cody, what do you think about that? Uh, slash, is there anything you want to say about, you know, the Sun Conference, Women's Flag Football, before we get into this preview and talk about some great programs here? 
I'm just excited to talk about it. I think that, you know, you have a lot of that homegrown kind of talent here on these Florida teams, and that's always exciting. And, you know, I think that it's quite an obstacle that, you know, a lot of these other teams are going to be figuring out. And as more programs develop, it's going to be how can we tap into the Florida talent base? You can see Midland University already kind of doing that with this most recent recruiting class with, you know, Haley Stanton, who is a, you know, girls flag football product out of that Florida culture. So, you know, you're going to see more programs and schools doing that. And it only makes sense that the, you know, the Florida teams are able to keep talent in state whenever and if possible. Um, so, yeah, I, I got to echo just that sentiment that, you know, Florida, it's that hot spot. You see a lot of, you know, modern concepts practiced in the high school flag football scene and a lot of creativity practice there. So you can expect a lot of the same things and a lot of really smart players here for these Florida teams if they grew up playing girls flag football in Florida. Now taking it to that college level. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, by the way, in case you don't know, the teams that will be competing in the Sun Conference this year. Uh, first off, let me start with the Florida teams. But we got Kaiser University last year. They're right up in it in the national championship. Literally lost by one point. So there you go. You got Weber International. You got St. Thomas. You have Warner. And then Florida Memorial University. And then this year, Thomas University up in Georgia will be joining the ranks here. This will be their first year. That makes a pretty even six. I want to say, yeah, I could count. A pretty even six. And so those are the six teams we're talking about. Let's go ahead and hop into it. You know, uh, look, a lot of these teams, last year was their first year, obviously, except for the one that I just mentioned. Uh, so there were a lot of interesting storylines, players that were brought in. Um, obviously, COVID was still a thing, so that definitely played a role. Injuries, I'm sure, played a role as well as a lot of these uh, athletes here are multi-sport athletes uh, on some of these rosters, at least. And so, you know, this is like the second collegiate sport they're competing in, you know, uh, that year. And uh, uh, there, there's a lot of things that go into that. But first off, let's go ahead and talk about St. Thomas University. Uh, let me go ahead and pull up their schedule from last year here. But while this is up, let me talk about the coaching staff. So, Head coach Eric Berzenko, uh, hopefully I'm saying that right, I apologize if I don't, but he is uh, basically entering his third season with the St. Thomas boys football team as a tight end coach. Obviously, this will be his second year as uh, the head coach of the women's flag football team over at St. Thomas. And so he coaches both. Uh, you know, St. Thomas University had kind of an up and down season right here on their website. Says they won 7-8. Four and four in conference, but I think it's important to note that they did lose to Kaiser in the conference championship game, uh, thirty-three to zero. And then, like I said, Kaiser was one of those teams that were very good all season long, and you know did go to the national championship against Ottawa. And so St. Thomas, you know, they definitely could hold their own there, but they had a little bit of a rocky season, um, you know, very up and down as you could expect from a first-year program. I think that's what anybody could expect. Uh, from a first-year program here. And so they start off the season 
day one against Warner University. That's February 13th. They played two games this day. Um, they would win them both by one score, beat Warner 13-6, then drop a close one to Weber 13-14. Then after that, the following week, they would go to FMU, beat them 23-0, take care of business. Then after that, they would drop another kind of close game, at least on paper it looks pretty close, 6-18 to Weber. Then they would lose 6-19 to Kaiser. Play Ottawa in Florida, by the way. Lose to them 0-26. Against Warner, that was a forfeit. Uh, They did play Florida Atlantic's University club team. uh, Beat them 33-0. That's a solid dub there. But obviously, uh, officially, I don't think it would count um, to the record. At least according to the Sun Conference. You can look at their website and all that great stuff. Uh, Or... Florida Memorial, sorry, would forfeit to them, and so that's a dub there. Would lose to Weber one more time, 12-33. Forfeit to Warner, or, oh my gosh, Warner would forfeit to them, so that's a dub. And then they would lose to Kaiser, 0-31. to Before they hit the conference tournament here, finally gets their revenge on Weber International here. Beats them 19-13. to That must have felt pretty good there. And then, like I said, lose to Kaiser, 0-33. to in Atlanta, um, they would play Ottawa, lose to them 13-33, but would put down 73 points on Cotty College. And so that is their schedule from last year. Like I said, pretty up and down. You know, you have some revenge games here. You have some close games. You have some blowouts. So kind of a mixed back here. But at the end of the day, they kind of finished strong here. Oops, excuse me. They would finish strong here, you know, by beating Weber. That's a pretty big one because they were kind of, yeah, they were on like a three-game losing streak to them. And so that that must have been great to beat them here in this tournament here. And then, you know, they would play Ottawa, lose them 33-13. to Like I said, they're the national champs. But they would redeem themselves and have a pretty nice dub over Cotty College 73-0. to And so... Um, very up and down. But, Cody, what's your reaction to their schedule from last year? You know, uh, how do you think that uh, – or I, how should I frame this? Uh, what, what do you think about St. Thomas University here? I mean, obviously, you know, they, they did have an up and down season, and they do fall into a little bit of a skid, you know, at that midseason point, which would be normally cause for worry here. But I think that – the more indicative part of their season is the win against Weber International. You know, this is a team that they struggled with all season. Weber gradually won by more and more points every single time they played them. So to be able to pull out this close win in what seems to be an exciting fashion, um, you know, go ahead and plug the uh, Sun Conference article on that game. But, uh, you know, for them to come back and win that in such a surprising and entertaining fashion I think is a better indicator of where they are as a program obviously you know they weren't as you know consistent the next week against Kaiser University but I mean Kaiser you look at what Kaiser was able to do this season and they just went to a different level than all the other teams in the Sun Conference so I'm not going to hold that against St. Thomas here and I honestly think that St. Thomas is you know a a competitor and a potential threat for the Sun Conference based off of how they did. You know, they performed a little bit better against Ottawa in the NAIA tournament. So I think that's something to be excited about. 
And I think that they have everything that they need to close the gap. And, you know, with another year of practice underneath their belts and, uh, you know, St. Thomas, just in general, they're a growing football school, period, because, you know, their boys football team is also a relatively new program. I believe that in their inaugural season was like 2018 or 2019. So, you know, all of these programs are getting it figured out. That means that the facilities are coming along and they're getting updated as needed, you know. And so each year that this program and, you know, just the football culture of this school in general grows, that means that the program is going to improve each year. And so I'm very excited for what St. Thomas has in store this upcoming season. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so with that being said, you know, let's let's talk about the team that they have here. Uh, some players to look out for moving forward. Uh, honestly, for the Sun Conference teams, I'm going to talk about a lot of players that played last year, you know, returning players and whatnot, because especially in these Florida teams, something I noticed is that, you know, they had a lot of freshmen uh, sign up to play the pre or last year, and so a lot of those uh, players are returning. I assume a lot of them will have, uh, you know, they'll have their starting spots moving forward, at least compared to the KCAC, where, you know, you had a lot of turnover there. They had to make do with what they had, and then, you know, this uh, recruiting class, this um, most recent recruiting class is kind of, you know, like the first group that they're really working with here. And so I'm going to talk about mostly players who are returning for St. Thomas. They have a couple players here that have really done their thing here. I want to point out Jada Graham here. She is a sophomore, uh, was selected as the 2021 co-player of the year. Um, we'll talk about the other one here in a minute uh, when we talk about her school. But she was the co-player of the year here in the Sun Conference. And then Kayla Alvarez as well, she plays receiver and linebacker here. Yep, there you go. Um, she plays receiver and linebacker. She was named co-champion of character as well. And so those are definitely two players that I could see St. Thomas looking to again going into this year. I mean, you know, they're still pretty young. Jada Graham, a sophomore. Kayla, a junior, at least listed as a junior here. But last year, they made a lot of noise here. Um, first off, there's a reason Jada Graham was selected as co-player of the year. She balled out as a freshman. She had 587 passing yards through the air, along with four touchdowns. She also had 391 rushing yards and five touchdowns. Uh, I'm looking at this. At some of the stories that St. Thomas put out here, it looked like they moved, they had her at quarterback at times and then moved her around because she is just such a great athlete. And they have another quarterback. Let me see if I could find her name here, right here. Holly Nahor, I want to say. She's a junior. And uh, she is more, Holly here, is more of their pocket passer. And so they use Jada Graham in a lot of different ways. She's just one of those athletes that, you know, is going to make it happen uh, because she's like that and she's talented. So got to keep that in mind. I don't know if I said this, but she also had 391 rushing yards, uh, Jada Graham, that is, and five rushing touchdowns. Obviously one of the best athletes there. And then Kayla Alvarez, uh, I want to say in that conference, or not the championship, it would be the semifinals. Right, Cody? Right before? Yep. And the semifinals, she came up pretty big. Uh, she came up pretty big here. Uh, that was against Weber, right? Yes, that was against Weber. Sorry, here. 
I'm just taking over to yep against Weber here. Uh, she came up pretty big. She scored a 20-yard touchdown that would basically give them the lead here, and they wouldn't look back after that. And so that was huge for them. And then she did come up with two consecutive um, pass breakups to basically give St. Thomas that dub and put them in the conference championship. So obviously she's another great athlete. But those are just a couple of the athletes that I wanted to highlight here. Um, I know Tyler Brandt, she had, I believe she plays receiver and linebacker, I want to say. At least that's what is listed. Or sorry, receiver and DB here. Uh, she made some pretty big plays for them. Um, I do have some of her highlights, so I'll show what little I can here. While Cody, uh, I mean, talk to us about what you think about some of these players here uh, moving forward. I mean, they're returning a lot of their players, so the chemistry is there, right? And so that should make for at least a productive season, um, at least, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it never hurts to have a, uh, a co player of the year a conference co-player of the year that is in Jada Graham who showed a lot of promise you know both through the air and through the ground obviously it's good to have that and something that I also noticed was uh um Holly Nehar Nehar um sorry if I'm butchering that Holly but Holly is also a, a quarterback here a junior on you know this roster and it's always good to have depth on the roster you know it's a season where you could potentially play a lot of games, especially if you're playing in like a tournament where you have multiple games in a weekend. It's nice to have multiple quarterbacks, um, you know, just in case somebody needs a little bit of rest or if something happens, knock on wood, you know, um, that they have a little bit of depth and experience, you know, at that quarterback position between Jada and Holly both, you know, so that's always encouraging to hear. And, uh, like you like you said simon they're bringing back a lot of returning kind of players then in kayla alvarez you know co-champion of character that's huge and i look to her to be a huge leader for this team you know because it's one thing to you know obviously be be revered by your teammates but to to win an award like that then you command the respect of your teammates the staff and you know opposing teams and whatnot so I, I look to her to kind of lead this team in more ways than one obviously you know being a good person but then you know translating that to football i think that a little bit of comfortability and kind of settling into those roles a little bit for everybody everybody kind of knows what they're there for that's going to go a long way for this saint thomas team Yeah, absolutely agreed there. Uh, by the way, um, my bad, Tyler Bryant, not Tyler Bryant. I don't know why I got Brant there, but Tyler Bryant. Uh, she, by the way, was a all-conference receiver for St. Thomas. And so, obviously, she's going to be returning here and uh, contributing as well. And so, that is the roster. Those are the players returning, you know. Um, you got a lot of stability here. You got your coaching staff coming back. You got players coming back. Uh, at key spots, too, by the way, quarterbacks, receivers, uh, DBs. Like, that's that's basically, for the most part, almost all you need when it comes to women's flag football. But let's go ahead and take a look at their schedule here. So in 10 days, at least 
Uh, well, today is February 8th, so when we're recording this, it's 10 days. But in 10 days, St. Thomas will face off with Midland to start the season. Obviously, that'll be at home. After that, literally the next day, they play Warner University and Weber in the same day. And then they have a little bit of a break before they go and play Thomas University from Georgia. Not St. Thomas, obviously, but Thomas uh, from Georgia at home. Then they play Florida Memorial on March 5th. Kaiser play Florida Atlantic again. Then they go to Georgia, play them uh, Thomas, that is, March 24th. Next, after that, they play Warner University, then Weber, then Florida Atlantic again. I don't know why they're playing them multiple times. That's interesting. That's probably, well, I mean, it's a scrimmage, so it doesn't necessarily count there. And then to end the regular season, Florida Memorial and Kaiser before you have the Sun Conference, um, you know, tournament, and then the national tournament there, which I know on the last stream I was saying it was in Atlanta. I think it was just listed there. I don't know if that is confirmed. I don't think it is, and so I'm not going to say that it's in Atlanta. But, boom, that's their schedule. I mean, they're not really traveling out outside to play too many teams here uh, outside of Midland to kind of start the season. But after that, they're really focusing up on these teams here. Uh, Cody, what do you think about their schedule here? And also, what do you think about them playing FAU two times? At least it's listed two times here. I know uh, you pointed that out before we started streaming. Yeah, so, I mean... Look, at the bare minimum, they're going to play the same number of games as last year without, you know, having to win a playoff game. You know, I realize that the FAU matchups are scrimmages, but, I mean, experience is experience and reps are reps at the end of the day. And, you know, FAU, I think that's an interesting matchup. I think that it's a great matchup marketing-wise for, you know, this women's flag football because it's like, hey, uh, check out this NAIA school beating up on this, you know, D1 school if it was to go the same as last year I realize that it's a club team but I still think that it's an interesting matchup and one that could be marketed very well so I'm obviously very excited for that I am however a little I understand that you know it's still a growing sport so I should be thankful for the out-of-state matchups that we are getting or the cross-conference matchups but we are that we are getting but I am a little bothered that we don't get to see them against Ottawa guaranteed, you know, kind of like we did last season. I think that obviously Ottawa being the national champions, that's a benchmark that you want to kind of test yourself against, you know, because they're the defending champions until a new one is crowned, obviously. And that's one team that I kind of wish was on this schedule. But obviously, you know, I respect them staying in state for a lot of this. I do like the Midland matchup. I think that that could be a very exciting game between, you know, the returning players that St. Thomas has and the incoming class that Midland has, there's going to be a lot of talent on the field. And it's going to be kind of that, you know, the, the new kids on the block versus versus that experience kind of, uh, you know, team is what that matchup is looking to be like. And that's in nine days, 18 hours, seven minutes and 35, 34, 33 seconds. I love this countdown. It's getting me excited for the season. All these websites are pretty well made, not going to lie. Um, oh, yeah. Very clean looking, at least, if not well made. So here, uh, boom, there's a countdown. Obviously, if you're in Florida, go support these teams, man. I mean, uh, look, I'm pretty excited for the St. Thomas team. Uh, right now, they look extremely stable. And obviously, when you have an emerging sport, emerging program, 
stability is everything, you know. And so you have a good core of players that prove themselves. You know, they're all conference type of players. They got you to the conference championship. You got a coach that you know knows what he's doing. Obviously, if he got them to the conference championship his first year, and so. St. Thomas here, you know, I think they could definitely surprise some people here, but they're going to be tough, you know, against some teams that, you know, may not have that same kind of stability and chemistry. You know, St. Thomas could be kind of a bully to them. They could knock him over, and so that's a little dangerous, a little scary if you're some of those teams that, you know, maybe you're not quite there chemistry-wise, at least where you would like to be um, moving forward because uh, the season is starting kind of soon here. So, uh, so yeah. I also like their schedule, how they uh, schedule some of these uh, games pretty close together. So, I mean, if they're rolling, they're rolling, you know. Uh, there's definitely a lot to be said about the stability and about the chemistry. I think that's definitely something that's going to show up more, uh, you know, after a whole, full, or I can't talk, after a full off season and all that great stuff. Uh, but before we move on, Cody, is there anything else you want to talk about uh, St. Thomas here before uh, we talk about our next school? Um, I, I wouldn't say too much. I do want to shout out really quickly for, uh, St. Thomas that, uh, um, oh man, I want to shout them out, but I'm going to butcher the name. Um, um, Dijonais Paris, um, an athlete over there who was a defensive all conference player as well. And, um, yeah, just wanted to shout that out real quick. Looking forward to this upcoming season. Uh, she's actually going to be a junior this year. Cool. All right. Sounds good. Receiver and rusher. There you go. All right, then. Well, that is St. Thomas. Should be making a pretty solid run here. Uh, I mean, it should be better than six and seven, obviously. But you know what? We'll just have to see. Now. This next school that we're going to talk about, Warner University. Here, let's let's just click on uh, this here. Look at their schedule from last year. Two and nine. Uh, a very interesting season here. Um, let's let's talk about it. So to start the season, they get a pretty good dub over Midland University, forty-two to eight. Then drop a pretty close one. Here, let me move this over. A pretty close one to St. Thomas. Only 6-13. to 13. You could be pretty happy with that. You know, that's not too bad there. Then they play Weber. Then they play Weber here. Sorry, I was just like hearing the music in my ear a little bit too loud. Uh, but they play Weber. Lost them 32-7. They had University of Florida scheduled. I don't know why there's not a score here, so we'll just get that. Uh, but they did come back and beat FMU 47-12. to 12. And then after that, they would basically forfeit the rest of their games here. Um, look, I tried doing as much research as I could. Basically, what I did found is that they announced, uh, I want to say on their Instagram, that they're going to forfeit the rest of the season due to injury. That is really interesting to me because this is almost a month um, that they did not play any games. And so... Uh, you know, I could definitely speculate and whatnot, but I am not going to do that. I feel like that would be a little disrespectful and whatnot, but they had a very interesting season, to say the least, here. Warner University, that is. Um, the head coach that was there before, Coach Naples, uh, she is not there anymore. They did hire Tim Mims, who I'm extremely excited about. I'll talk about a little bit more here later. Um, 
so they're basically starting over um moving forward and warner is one of those schools that is also a big shout out to them pretty involved in a lot of these combines that you know they put up for um you know women five football players around the country and whatnot and in the state as well and so they definitely give them um a lot of opportunities to learn and so big shout out to them but before we talk about the coach i do want to talk about uh some players here going a little bit out of order here let me go ahead and pull up the roster here uh by the way the roster is not updated at least that i could find unfortunately because i know they did recruit a couple players and whatnot but some of those players are not there also there are some players that did graduate and i know that for sure but and they won't play this year but they're still listed here one of those players is Dakota Naples. She played, <clears throat> excuse me, she played quarterback for Warner. She did a pretty good job, honestly. I'm just going to read out some of her stats here. Against Midland in that first game, they did beat Midland 42-8, mind you. But Dakota here, she went 22 of 29 for 280 passing yards, completed four passing touchdowns, also ran for two touchdowns, giving her a clean six touchdowns on the day to open up the season for Warner here and so that was pretty big there she does have some pass catchers here as well that I'll talk about a little bit later and then <clears throat> here sorry give me one quick second here okay and then again against St. Thomas you know they did play them I believe that same day or pretty soon right after uh, she won 18 of 33 for 139 passing yards and a touchdown. You know, nothing too crazy there. And so those those are those two games uh, because I believe they only, yeah, they basically only played like three games here. Uh, dropped that one. And then they did get a pretty big dub here over Florida Memorial. <sighs> Beat him 47 to 12 here the quarterback naples 17 of 24 for 246 passing yards and six passing touchdowns i'm gonna go ahead and shout out her receivers who i think are returning so uh bernia williams she had seven catches in this game by the way seven catches 100 yards three receiving touchdowns then you have janai rodriguez and allison uh, i want to say it's mongietti I'm definitely saying that wrong, so I apologize on that. But they both finished with a combined, uh, with four catches, sorry, combining for more than 100 yards. In that game as well, shout out to Ray Misha Gordon. Um, she, I mean, she played well in this game and in those first two games, but she, in this game, had four, five pulls and two sacks. So there you go. Obviously, you have some players here. All the players that I talked about, except for Dakota Naples, I believe are coming back. Or at least they will be available to come back here. Uh, like I said, I don't know because their roster is not updated, as you can see here. But, you know, they would have some solid players to work with. Obviously, losing their starting quarterback is a pretty big blow, especially when she's a good starting quarterback. That at least put up numbers. And then after that, they would drop pretty much every game. But... Look, it's a new year, a new season for Warner University. In my opinion, they got arguably the best hire out of any of these schools and uh, arguably somebody who, you know, potentially is the best flag football coach here in 
all of NAIA, and that is Tim Mims. This will be his first year as head coach, but obviously he coached a dynasty over at Robinson High School since 2013. If you're from Florida, you know all about Robinson. If you're not, or if you're not familiar with uh, flag football, let me go ahead and educate you. He won six of the last seven state championships, including the last five years. That doesn't include 2020 because of COVID, but still six of the last seven, last five years. Also coached the USF, um, so Southern Florida, uh, or South Florida, sorry, club flag football team from 2015 to 2017. And then he would, uh, after that, coach the women's club team at Florida, basically building a bully over there as they have won three NIRSA national championships, uh, basically for club teams. You know, that is their, their version of the national championships. And so arguably one of the winningest head coaches ever in women's flag football uh, has a lot of championships both state championships national championships tim mims he knows what he's doing you know this is not his first go around i believe also with robinson he won those um state championships with like three different quarterbacks three or four different quarterbacks or something like, like that so it's not like oh you know it's like the Tom Brady and Belichick argument, he needed Tom Brady. He only had one good quarterback, and he just wrote on their coattails. No, he has developed a number of great quarterbacks and systems, and so he is about that life. He knows what he is doing here. Cody, I'm going to go ahead and ask you, what do you think about this Warner University team? Obviously, a very up-and-down season for them, and they're losing some players. Their website is not updated with uh, the players that they are getting. We'll talk about some recruits that I I'm pretty sure are going to be playing for them, but uh, we'll talk about that later. But Cody, what do you think about Warner here? It just bums me out to think about what could have been. I really think that this Warner University team has a lot of talent. I mean, if you project some of these stats out over the course of a whole season, then I think that, you know, Dakota, Dakota Naples has a chance to maybe be an all-conference player. Uh, Ramisha Gordon has a very strong chance to be an all-conference player. I, I honestly will just call that she, if, if she's coming back, that she's an all-conference player for this Warner team in this 22 season. And then, you know, that, that receiver, uh, Jana Rodriguez, obviously put on some strong numbers to start off the season. So it just makes me, it just makes me sad that, you know, there were unforeseen circumstances and injuries and, you know, probably a little bit of COVID sprinkled in there that just kind of ravaged this, what I think could have been a really competitive and a really good season for this Warner football team. I think that it's unfair that, you know, they didn't really get the chance to show everything that they had, especially I feel for Dakota Naples because I think that she could have had a phenomenal season and grown more. And, you know, I think it obviously stinks to lose your quarterback no matter what the circumstances are so losing dakota is going to hurt this warner team just a little bit i'm you know excited to see who will step up for for this warner team but like you said having tim mims is going to help out significantly for whoever is the next quarterback to step up and make a ton of plays and read defenses whatnot i think that you know he's he's gonna bring a culture to this Warner program that I think could stick around for a very long time. And you can kind of already see it in, you know, some of these incoming recruits that I believe he's secured to, to play for this squad. And uh, one of them who is a somewhat familiar name. I don't remember if we did a breakdown on her or not, 
but uh, she's been on our radar for at least a little bit. Simon, if you want to kind of talk about some of these incoming recruits and then we could talk about the, the season upcoming, let's get it. Yeah, for sure. So I have two that are listed on here. Like I said, uh, Warner has been going through it. I know they made new social media accounts. Um, for Instagram and Twitter, so make sure you follow the more recent ones, obviously. Uh, the one that posted last, so there you go. It was really hard tracking down who they uh, brought in here. Uh, honestly, it was just extremely difficult and whatnot. And so these are the two that I know for sure are over there. And so starting with Jade Hickey from Newsom High School, obviously one state with them last year. Extremely good hands. Actually, you know what? Let's go ahead and bring up her film here. Extremely good hands. She is going to bring stability to, first off, that roster and to that wide receiving group. I know they do have a couple receivers already, but you can never have too many receivers, uh, obviously. And then the other player, I believe, is Madison Tingen. Uh I interviewed Caitlin Sigmundy of Leonard High School last, uh, last weekend, at least. Yeah, it, last weekend on Saturday, she said a lot about attention uh, here, about her leadership, about her ability, about how she is a teacher, student of the game, all that great stuff. Those interviews, that interview along with Emma Blocko, and I believe Deja Fading as well, will drop next week. And so you could uh, listen to that there. But Madison Tingen, she is a quarterback, by the way, if I didn't say that, played for Leonard High School. And so uh, if they don't have a quarterback, I mean, they might have one here that will start. No guarantees because, like I said, I don't know what is going on out there right now. But, you know, she I would, I would be kind of surprised if she's not at least, you know, in that conversation for starting quarterback. So those are the two players that are going to be at Warner, uh, two that I was able to find and know of. And by the way, we did do a film breakdown of Jade Hickey. So if you want to look that up, go for it. Um, but, I mean, honestly, these two players are as reliable as it gets. I mean, they're big parts of their programs over at Newsom and then at Leonard, you know. And so there's definitely a lot of excitement here for sure. Cody, what do you think about these two add-ons here? while I play uh, some of these clips, or try to play some of these clips here. Well, I'm very excited for Jade Hickey's opportunity on the next level. She's a great wide receiver, solid hands, runs pretty solid routes as well, and uh, you know, I think that she's kind of been a next level player, you know, even, even in her senior year of high school, that I was like, okay, you can tell that she's a step above uh, a lot of these defensive backs who she's matching up against. And, you know, that's the kind of talent and intensity that you're going to want on this Warner University squad. And then, you know, for them to get uh, Madison Tingen as well, that's huge. That's a winning culture that you have bring, coming into this Warner University. And, you know, if you have somebody who's so passionate about the game at that quarterback position, that's just going to elevate the entire offense and, you know, bring a level of consistency to the program to a program that so desperately needs it, I might add on. Well, yes, they definitely need it. <laughs> and so with that being said, let's go ahead and talk about their schedule here. Uh, once again, on their on their website, they don't have their schedule. So I went ahead and found their schedule for them, at least in conference. I don't know if they're playing anybody out of conference. So, um, I mean, you know, you could add to that there. But basically, they play St. Thomas University twice 
February 19th, they're away. March 31st, they are at home. Then they play Florida Memorial. Um, <clears throat> like I said, February 12th, they're away. April 7th, they're at home. Then Thomas University, this is the one in Georgia. They play them on March 5th at home. And then April 20th away. Then Warner. Or wait a second. I don't know why I put Warner here. Uh, I think I meant Weber. <laughs> yeah, I think I meant Weber here. But uh, 19th away and then 23rd home. And then I believe, I don't know why I didn't write down Kaiser. But they definitely play Kaiser twice here as well. So there you go. I mean... Like, this is just basically a schedule of their conference. I mean, we knew that they were going to do that. But let's go ahead and talk about this team and uh, going into this here, some expectations. I think personally, look, get the culture right. You know, get the culture right. Winning will come along eventually, but you got to get the culture right. Uh, get Make sure you have players that will buy in. Uh, and if that means starting maybe some freshmen here, some recruits that you brought in, uh, Coach Mims, then, you know, maybe that's the move. Uh, obviously, I trust him to make the right decisions here because he has built two very good programs over basically the last decade here, uh, at least in my opinion, in Robinson and in uh, U of F's uh, club team. So, that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, do I expect them to be a contender? I don't know. I mean, I can't say that because, like I said, I'm not completely sure about the roster. It's just some other things and players returning and all that great stuff. But they're going to be better, and I don't think they're going to forfeit that many games. I'd be surprised if they did. And honestly, I see a lot of players trying to, you know, uh, get coached by Coach Mims, and so I could see them coming to university or sorry to Warner University uh, just for that because they do have a great coach. And that's just how it is sometimes, you know. Um, great players are going to play with great coaches. There's a reason why a bunch of great players play with Nick Saban, and he kind of gives off uh, some of those vibes. Like I said, outside perspective, I'm not from Florida, so that's just my opinion. But, Cody, what do you think about Warner University? What, what are your expectations for them? How about that? Well, I think that we're going to find out a lot about Warner University on that, you know, opening day against Florida Memorial. Florida Memorial is a team that they kind of had their way with last year. And, you know, it's going to be a battle of two programs that were, were both kind of trying to figure it out last year and uh, are both trying to seek some kind of consistency this year. Obviously, Warner through their new head coach hire and some of their new recruits and Florida Memorial through, you know, some returners as well as some new recruits that they brought in. I think that that is going to tell us all that we need to know, honestly. I I don't know. Yeah, because here's the thing. I think that the beginning of the year, Warner, obviously teams are going to get better each week. But when you have a coach who's already coached on, you know, a collegiate level, it's there's no getting used to, you know, coaching against college competition here for, for Coach Mims. So it's going to be a whole lot of, you know, just players kind of getting comfortable. I think that that's, you're going to see exactly what, you know, Warner has on the table. And then, you know, that doubleheader the following week against St. Thomas and Weber. Look, if you want to compete for, for a championship in this Sun Conference, I'm kind of expecting you to start 2-1 and one here in those first three games. You have to split at least that day on February 19th against Weber and St. Thomas if you're going to prove that you're a legitimate contender is kind of the way I see it and that's going to be a huge week for them 
and then they'll get a little bit of a break before having to play um, Thomas University, which, you know, it, it's nice to kind of have that week in between after a doubleheader. But I think that doubleheader in those first three games are going to let us know exactly where Warner stands amongst the powerhouses and just in general where they stand in that Sun Conference. Alrighty then. Well, boom, there you go. That is Warner University. Definitely have a pretty bright future here. And, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see moving forward. I think there will be some very telling games uh, coming up soon here. So there you go. By the way, also, I think they play FMU uh, this week. That would be here. Let me just make sure. That'd be on Saturday. So, now go uh, go go support Warner and FMU out there. But uh, speaking of FMU, let's go ahead and talk about them right now. Oh, boy. Just like Warner had a very tough season like i can't even say up and down it was a tough season they went 0 and 7 and i'm pulling that stat from the sun sun conference website here uh, because they don't have that posted along with some other things and so i'm just going to read it off here uh, against kaiser they were supposed to play them forfeited uh so they obviously lost that one lost 0 to 23 against st thomas lost to warner 12 to 47 and then they would forfeit four straight games in a row I want to say I heard COVID was maybe a more of a factor here than anything, but honestly, I don't know. But Florida Memorial, extremely tough season, 0-7 and seven here. Now, they do have a coach here who, I mean, look, he knows his football, Jonathan Alvarez. He will be returning this year. Was a tight ends coach uh, at St. Vincent College up in Pennsylvania. Has been coaching since 2011. So, dude knows his football, you know, and he's returning. You know, this year specifically, I would say, I mean, he has a lot of freshmen that I kind of look at and I'm like, all right, they could definitely step up and play because there are only six players on his roster that are not freshmen, at least that I was able to see uh, here looking at their roster here. After that, you have about 20-ish players here. Let me move this over here. You have about 20-ish players here that are all freshmen. You see a lot of freshmen right here, you know, um, and that's, you know, that could be a good thing and a bad thing. That means you have, uh, you know, obviously players that you could work with and develop here and have them grow for the next four years. So that's not a bad thing here, but it's looking to be a fresh start, which I mean, what more could you ask for when you have a squad like this? So boom, there you go. Um, Cody, before I move on, talk about some of the freshmen here. Excuse me, sorry. To talk about some of the freshmen here and whatnot. What do you think about, you know, uh, Coach Alvarez here, how last year went, and, you know, the prospects of starting new, because that's what they're doing, basically, here. Look, I, I gotta be excited about the freshman class. There's, I mean, like you there's not really much to say about an 0-7 start. I believe that they have 19 freshmen coming in, if I counted correctly, some somewhere around there. And so I, I think that obviously it's going to be better than last season. But, uh, you know, looking, for, looking at the schedule for the season, which we will do in just a moment, it won't be easy. But, uh, I mean, there, there's some freshmen to kind of talk about here. So, I mean, you mind if I kind of lead the way and talk about some of these freshmen coming in yeah go for it yeah so obviously 
you know, you have you have some big names here. But the first one I'm going to talk about is Jashia Christie, who play who's listed on the roster as a quarterback slash safety. And looking through her film, yes, yeah, thank you for pulling it up, Simon. She is a baller at you know safety. She throws a, a bunch of touchdowns. I see the fit at quarterback, but I think that she's a better safety. She's just really physical, and she has great ball skills. I mean, well, there's her kind of pushing the ball downfield at QB. But if you watch this play, she really goes up, and she just takes that ball for herself on this play. And I think that that kind of tenacity and energy is going to be very big for this you know, Florida Memorial team as they look to be a bit more stout on defense, you know, in those few games that they did play, they did allow quite a few points. And I think that somebody like Jashia here is going to be massive to fixing that problem because, I mean, who's going to want to test her deep when she's just so good at reading the play? Part of it, obviously, you know, playing quarterback and safety is a very common thing where, you know, the safety is like the quarterback of the defense and the quarterback is the quarterback of the offense, right? And so I think that she does a great job of using her skills and knowledge at the quarterback position, at her safety position, and then she just brings an excellent athleticism and, you know, physicality at the safety position where she's not afraid to body you for the ball, you know, all the while still playing very disciplined defense and, you know, clean defense, I would say. So she's someone who I'm very excited about to see on this next level. And then, you know, if she's at that quarterback position, one of her potential pass catchers is going to be Vanessa Queen here. Simon, if we want to pull that up, she is another incoming freshman who is listed at wide receiver slash defensive back. And she has wheels <laughs> is, is a really easy way to say it. She just does a great job of accelerating after getting the ball. She's used in a lot of kind of yak situations in her high school film. And I think that that's a good thing to have for a program that struggled a little bit is, you know, emphasizing, hey, this is your security blanket. This is your dump off valve a little bit. Like, hey, if no one else is open, hit Vanessa in the flats and she might pick up a first down for us. Or, hey, hit her on this crossing route and she might pick up a first down for us. I am a little bit surprised to maybe see her at DB. I think that she would also be a great linebacker, honestly, for this Florida Memorial team, just because her flag pulling is very good and consistent. And, you know, I think that she has a pretty wide wingspan, too, for snatching those flags and uh, racking up uh, flag pulls. Simon, I know that there's uh, a couple more players to talk about here, but uh, I want to kind of toss it back to you and uh, see what your thoughts are on these two dynamic freshmen coming in. Yeah, there's a reason I highlighted both. Um, first off, I've definitely heard of both, both from Jensen Beach, Florida, Jensen Beach High School. So there you go, represent. Um, I mean, look, there's some natural chemistry there. Love to see that. I think for Florida Memorial here, you know, you're kind of looking for an identity. So I would think... You'll look to these two players and be like, okay, physicality. They can both, you know, they can both play. They'll go for the ball, right? Smart plays, athleticism, versatility. You know, you love to see that. Um, you know, just being the type of players that, you know, will find a way to get it done, uh, obviously. Because at the end of the day, I mean, when you're building a program, someone has to step up. Someone has to be a leader. Someone has to make plays. It might as well be you. 
you know, uh, why not you? There's a reason why they recruited you there. And, you know, I mean, this is where it gets exciting, man. I mean, they get to go out here and get playing time. You know, you can't really say that about a lot of, a lot of these, uh, you know, teams here in the Sun Conference. They do have some pretty stacked rosters. And, uh, I mean, even if you're coming on as a recruit, like, there's definitely a good possibility that you've probably played against or, you know, with some of the upperclassmen, sophomores that are in front of you, you know, and they already have that experience here playing on the college level against some better, arguably better competition, you know, and whatnot. And so, I mean, it's definitely always a blessing when you get playing time, for sure. And so you got to keep that in mind. You got to be thankful for that. And you got to give it your all, right? I mean, you can't get too lazy and be like, oh, you know, nobody can take my spot. Every game you got to prove yourself, and I think for Florida Memorial, that's the vibe here. Like, you got to prove yourself, because right now teams are looking at you. Play, you played two games, and you got beat down in both. They're licking their chops looking at these Florida Memorial games. Yeah, right so with that being said, you know, take that with disrespect and go play and be motivated and have some fun out there, man. I mean, look, it's, it's going to be fun building this program if you are a freshman on this team. I'm just going to say that. You should have fun with it because, you know, it's new. You're, you know, you're basically pioneers of the game. And, I mean, how well you play and how you hold yourself up as a player on the field, off the field is going to reflect uh, for years and years, um, you know, with this program. You know, and it's going to affect how, you know, people see this program. And uh, all that great stuff. And so I'm really excited. I think those two players you mentioned, uh, Vanessa Queen here and uh, it's, it's, uh, Josiah Christie. Yep. I think both of them are going to at least get some playing time, you know, eventually. I don't know what their depth chart's looking like, but I would imagine that they will get some type of playing time. And then another name I want to kind of throw out there is Kayla McDuffie. Uh, plays wide receiver from Bradenton Southeast High School. That's a player that I've heard of. I know she's a playmaker as well over at receiver. And, you know, I kind of look to her to do something. I mean, at this point, look, you got a bunch of freshmen. Like I said, there's only six players that are not freshmen. And you need seven to play. So that means a couple freshmen are going to start. And so that's extremely exciting. And, uh, I mean, we'll see what happens. Right, Cody? Yes, we will. I mean, look, it's not... The, the opening to this season is not ideal, but, I mean, it, the breaks don't get much easier even after facing these renowned programs. You know, you're opening up against a Weber. You're opening up, or, you know, on that same day, later that day, you're facing Warner University, who we just talked about, and a lot of exciting returning players that they have. And, you know, that's kind of the benchmark for, for where you're going to be because you guys are both in similar positions of, like, trying to do bounce back years. Then obviously you have the national runners up in Kaiser. You have a very strong freshman class. Once again, that'll be a very interesting kind of young gun versus young gun team against Midland University. And then you have a brand new program in Thomas University who, I mean, look, we're going to talk about them in, the sec in a second. And they have some ballers on that roster too. So you got to be very, very careful working your way through this schedule and you gotta, I think you gotta get a win against one of these teams in the first five weeks. Otherwise, you're probably looking at another O and something season. So, you know, like Simon said, play with the chip on your shoulder and gosh dang it, play to win because you have to, obviously, just in general. But I mean, if you come out sleepwalking against these teams, they are gonna put it to you and it's not gonna be a good time for anybody. 
Yeah, I mean, this is Florida ball now. It's different. I, I There's reason I call them the SEC of women's flag football. I mean, they're, they're serious about it down there. And, you know, even some teams that maybe aren't even as talented as you, they definitely have the chemistry. And there's something to say about a team with really good chemistry. So... There you go. But I like Florida Memorial going to this year. You know, I saw some posts here and there on social media. I like the confidence they have. Um, it looks like they're bonding well with each other. Well, not which is great. It's going to be interesting. But I'm really excited to see how this year turns out. Also, I kind of vibe with their uniforms. I'm just going to say that. I like them a lot. That blue and orange is uh, pretty lit, if you ask me. So there you go. Orange is a good color combo. Yeah, I know. Cody's a Broncos fan, so you know he's going to just say whatever about Blue and Orange. I'm not, so that's okay. how you know I'm honest about it. But moving on, <laughs> I didn't okay. need to do all that. I'm wow. sorry. <laughs> it's Cody, I'm sure, loves uniforms just as much as the next person, but let's keep this thing going. And let's talk about Thomas University. So, first-year program. So, no schedule from last year or record, obviously. Uh, they were one of the first teams to announce that they would be having a flag football team. But they're going to start in 2022. And I kind of like it. I, I know COVID has been crazy and whatnot. And I'm sure they missed out on a lot of headaches over there by not starting in 2021 like a lot of these teams. And so going into this year, you know, you got a pretty interesting group of players for sure. But before I talk about the players, let me talk about the head coach, and that is Chelsea Palmer. She is the only female head coach here in the Sun Conference, but arguably one of the most qualified coaches here. And so I'm really excited to get to see her coach uh, live with this Thomas University team. By the way, in Georgia, uh, just to not you know get confused with St. Thomas. So there you go. But Chelsea Palmer, let me go ahead and read off her resume here. But basically, six years as a head coach over at Amos P. Godby uh, High School during her time there. She had three different quarterbacks win player of the year. So that's obviously a big deal. She was also a head flag football coach at her alma mater, Leon High School, um, in the last two years of that stint. So 2012-2013, she was uh, the head coach there. Uh, before that, I assume she was an assistant uh, as a high school head coach, she has a record of 90 and 31, which is pretty good. And then back in her day as well over uh, at Leon, I assume, she won back-to-back -back state titles in 2007-2008. She knows women's flag football. She knows football. Straight up. You know, she was, uh, she's been around it for a while. Uh, it's really wild to me just to think about this honestly because i mean florida has been doing women's flag football for a minute since like i said since like the late 90s um i was born in 98 and so <laughs> that kind of just puts things into perspective there uh cody was as well by the way and so that kind of just puts things in perspective there i mean you got a whole generation of flag football players who graduated high school college and are now actual adults that is awesome. And so Chelsea Palmer is that first wave here of, uh, of those players, honestly, which I absolutely love. And so we're obviously looking to her to be a pretty big deal for this Thomas University squad. I mean, she brings in a lot of experience and a lot of very, very talented athletes here. Uh, some of them did transfer in. Some of them are freshmen. But regardless, you know, they've had some time 
to you know work and get get their stuff together because they did start in 2022 this will be their first year now cody i want to ask you what do you think about uh coach palmer here and then uh, we'll talk about the players schedule roster all that great stuff well i think that the the future of women's flag football you know, I think that you're going to end up with a lot of uh, women coaches, especially as you get more players graduating and playing college ball. So, you know, it's I, I think that that's the way that that it ought to be. Simon, you and I have obviously taken coaching classes and know that you receive coaching just a little bit differently and better in some ways from someone who's similar to you. So, you know, that's obviously exciting. And I mean, what a resume. I mean, she knows what it takes to be a champion. And that's exactly what you need and want on this level. You know, a lot of these coaches in general, and this isn't necessarily a bad thing, but a lot of these coaches in general are, you know, uh, former, like, tackle football kind of coaches, or they are currently tackle football coaches, and they also do this at the same time, kind of being a position coach for one and a head coach for another. And, you know, that's that's good and but i think that obviously if you have flag football players coaching flag football the game does operate just a little bit differently and i think that's great experience to have and you know i think that this uh that she's got a quite the haul here of these incoming players here to debut for thomas wouldn't you say simon yeah, no, absolutely. And actually, let's talk about them before we hit the schedule here, because there are a lot of players here. Oh, man, they're just really good. So let's start with Giselle Jones, uh, Jr. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, she is the only upperclassman uh, on this roster. Cody, if you could double-check that for me, I'd appreciate that. But she plays receiver, five uh, seven, so she's super uh, well for uh, flag football here. She's pretty tall here, at least above average, and um, you know, obviously a very good receiver. And she is bringing in a lot of experience here. Let's look at her film here. They got but, they got one sophomore here in uh, Janae Scott, right? But other than that, but the she's rest still is the only you. yeah yeah. So she's the only upperclassman still. So yeah, there you go. So she's bringing in obviously the most experience. I think. Even like just take out like playing first, right? Let's just talk about experience here. It matters, you know, it matters uh, being a little bit older, being a little bit more mature, having that experience. Also, she's making plays. Look at this little toe tap here. Um, but it all that obviously matters, you know, and you know, with when you have a young team that is first starting out, this is their first year and all that, obviously, she'll be a part of that. It's good, <laughs> it's really, really good. To have somebody that, you know, could give a little bit more wisdom outside of the head coach. You know, you need a player that is smart, that is wise, all that great stuff. And obviously knows football and makes plays. And, I mean, as you can see here, if you've been looking through her highlight reel, I mean, she skies for it, man. Um, a true jump ball receiver, but a very complete receiver as well if you really just watch her film. You know, um, she's definitely going to be somebody that I think whoever plays quarterback for the team, I don't know who it will be. Uh, they do have a couple really good options here. So, you know, that's really good for them. But whoever plays quarterback, I think we'll look at Giselle Jones here and be like, all right, that's kind of my safety blanket here. Kind of like how uh, Jade Hickey was that for Devin Silvestri over at Newsom. You know, you have kind of an older player, a player with more experience, I should say, that knows what they're doing. That could be the safety blanket. 
If you don't know what to do, throw it up to her. She's going to make a play. Uh, you know, obviously, if it's one-on-one -on -one and not, like, quadruple coverage. So, um, so yeah. But, Cody, what do you think about Giselle Jones here? Uh, just by looking at some of her highlights here. Uh, this was from, or posted here in 2020, uh, back when she was in high school. She might have the best hands heading into this season. They just, it's like she has a magnet. Uh, of course, I say that right as she bobbles like the only only pass on this film but anyways i mean just some of these catches it just sticks and it doesn't go anywhere and uh i think that she's gonna be kind of a, a mismatch against a lot of defensive backs here and then you know she also has that defensive back experience where it's like oh man if i'm a quarterback do i really want to throw it her way and risk throwing an interception i don't know so uh it, that's that's obviously exciting i'm just glad that they have some kind of experienced player who's you know done some college as well so you're looking at potentially an academic leader of sorts too which is something that we haven't really talked about too much but is just as important because i mean look these rosters already aren't big so if players are academically ineligible it could be crippling to a program so when you have you know an upperclassman that helps you know kind of dilute that worry oh my gosh look at this catch just over and over again but, uh, you know, I think that she's she's a great receiver and I'm very excited about, you know, some of these other players that we're going to look at as far as who could possibly win the quarterback job. So, I mean, you mind if I kind of talk about some of these other players here? Yeah, sure. Go for it. So, I mean, look, the three other players here that uh, Coach V has provided us with, they all kind of play a, a quarterback of sorts, and they're all three very different quarterbacks, I would say. You have, you know, Kira Knight, who's an incredible athlete. I mean, probably the best athlete footwork-wise out of all of these quarterbacks here. She's just able to cut so easily, and she's just, oh my, she's so fast and athletic. It's insane, and congratulations on her commitment, by the way. But uh, she did post this uh, senior season highlight on April 26th that I think just showcases what she's able to do very well. Just, yeah, right there. That's the one. She's just a, a freak athlete. Like, really, really. She's so fast. And there's so many times where she runs into a crowd of players and comes out without her flags being grabbed. And that's just a testament to her body control, her hip control, and just how... She can move so easily on, on these fields in any direction, and it's just so seamless. So, you know, that's a candidate there for potentially the quarterback job. She shows off a little bit of arm strength, but, I mean, on this roster, they don't have anyone listed at positions, and I think that's because there's a ton of competition that's going to be going on here, and, you know, they have some flexibility because when you have an athlete here like, like uh, Kiara Knight, then, you know, you have some flexibility. Like, she could totally be a running back and catch a lot of passes out of the backfield and take a two-yard swing pass to the house. Absolutely. And, um, you know, that's obviously a great candidate. You have another candidate here at the quarterback position in Kiana Akal, I believe is how you just say it, um, who's also just a great athlete. She runs a very interesting offense as far as, you know, a lot of RPO offense. So, I mean, we'll see what kind of offense that uh, coach wants to run. And I think that'll heavily determine who the quarterback's going to be. You know, Kiana here does a great job of reading the defense. And she has a very fast release. 
you know, because, I mean, she's making these reads super fast whenever she is throwing the ball, and, you know, she connects. But at the same time, she's a great athlete who can keep it and run it for herself. And obviously, as listed on her huddle, you know, it also says that she does play some slot receiver. And uh, I think that you have a lot of flexibility once again there with Kiana. And the only minor concern I have is uh, occasionally she underthrows some of the deep passes. But that's something that a little bit of coaching can fix. And she does show good velocity as well from time to time, squeezing it into some tight windows and pushing the ball downfield. So that's another option that you have at the quarterback position. And there ain't nothing wrong with having options. Um, Simon, you can attest to that for sure. And, you know, the the last option that I want to bring and the one who I'm kind of projecting to be uh, my personal uh, pick, so to speak, to be the quarterback for this Thomas team is perhaps Nakara Brown out of Niceville High School in Florida. So, you know, there's a... There's a Florida player going to Georgia already. So, you know, other states figuring out that uh, that pipeline a little bit and uh, securing some of these great players. But Nakara here, she has a very strong arm. She squeezes it into very tight windows. You don't see her wide receivers really, you know, slowing down too much to, to catch passes. And uh, as, as Coach V is showing here on the film, she's also a solid defensive player as well so you're looking at a leader potentially on both sides of the ball at least one side of the ball i should say here for thomas university and one that uh coach palmer is going to have a lot of fun working with i think and she's able to just flick her wrist and just i mean look at that throw that throw is what really set the tone for me she has another one where she pulls it on another kind of rpo play and she just bombs it down the right sideline very fast so that her receiver is able to catch it before the cover two safety can kind of react to that. And so things like that, kind of reading the defense pre-play and being able to show it obviously in in the moment, those go a long way towards what I think this, you know, Thomas University team can be. And uh, I think that they can have one of the most explosive offense, offenses, not only in the Sun Conference, but in the NAIA level of women's flag football. Simon, I don't mean to steal all the thunder, but uh, what is kind of your reaction to that? And how do you think this, you know, debut program does in their debut season? Well, let me talk about the players first that you just talked about here. Uh, Nakara Brown, dynamic athlete. I think if I, I'm just going to be completely honest with you, I think she's definitely a front runner potentially for MVP, for Co-Player of the Year, whatever they do over at uh, the Sun Conference here because she gets it done on defense, on offense. Uh, if she doesn't start at quarterback, I'm sure she's going to start somewhere on defense because she is just an extremely great athlete, you know, good size here, really good speed, agility, just a playmaker. I mean, oh, my God, what a throw. She gets it done, you know. She gets it done on both sides of the ball. I mean, she is just extremely extremely dynamic i mean oh my god look at this return here this return was kind of wild um at least i thought so because of how much of ground she covered in that amount but I, man she's just such a good player here if she starts a quarterback great you know if not you're gonna see her on defense and you know some quarterbacks would rather not 
if I'm being completely honest with you. But definitely somebody who just has a lot of pure talent here, and you love to see that. That's a nice little strike there in rhythm. And so definitely somebody who, if she doesn't win the quarterback spot, she's going to contribute in other ways. And that's kind of how it goes for all of these players. I mean, you have Kiara, uh, Kiara Knight. She was the Orlando Area Player of the Year, by the way. Uh, I believe that was in the last year. Played quarterback. I could see her as maybe a you know, quarterback, running back, receiver type, somebody that you could kind of put in uh, multiple roles here, and they'll just be kind of like that athlete, like a Debo Samuel. You know, you ask them to do something, and they'll get it done. Uh, same with Kiana Acole here. Um, she has receiver or slot receiver listed, and so, I mean, to have quarterback knowledge as a slot receiver, that is never a bad thing. And so they have a lot of just really good athletes. I mean, we looked at these four athletes here, man, and they could definitely play both ways and be really good both ways. Coach Palmer there had a, has a very good roster to work with because these are only four. I'm sure they have plenty of other players. I mean, I was looking through the roster, and there are some recognizable ones here. I'll, I'll pull it up right now here. But I think these four players I could definitely see, definitely see as, uh, you know, someone who will contribute in one way or the other here you know and uh i mean there's a lot to be excited about if you're over at georgia hey catch one of these games because you got some very good playmakers you know i mean i don't know i mean i don't know you just got a lot of great playmakers i don't know how much more happy you could be uh because this is a very good roster of athletes that are versatile you know, they can move whatever. They'll do what they're told to because most of them are freshmen. Um, and plus, this is a first-year program. And the only one that is not a freshman is Giselle Jones, who, you know, probably has a pretty solidified uh, role here with this team. And so I'm really excited for this Thomas University Nighthawk team here. Let me go ahead and pull up their uh, schedule for this year. They are playing in the Sun Conference, so obviously you could expect games against Kaiser. That's their first game this Saturday at 1 p.m., by the way. I believe that is in Georgia as well, so that's their first home game. So, hey, go ahead and support, man. Kaiser, they're a good team, and we'll talk about them here later. And so that'll be a really good test to see, like, all right, well, where are they at, right? And then they play Xavier in Louisiana, in New Orleans, by the way. Then St. Thomas, Florida Memorial, Warner Weber. Then, this one's really interesting here, but uh, they play a couple of teams from out of state in Milligan and then Kansas Wesleyan. Well, I guess every team they're playing is out of state because they're not from Georgia, but you know what I mean. Um, out of conference, I should say. So, Milligan, Kansas Wesleyan. Then they get to play Ottawa, which is really good. I personally love how their schedule is made. They get to play a lot of teams out of a conference, which I absolutely love. So, they play Ottawa. After that, you know, kind of finish it up here against St. Thomas Kaiser. University of Fort Lauderdale, I believe this is their first year. Couldn't really find too much on them, but they're not part of the Sun Conference. And then, yeah, Florida Memorial, Warner, and Weber to end the season. So I believe out of all the Sun Conference teams, at least in regular season, they're playing the most or are scheduled to play the most out-of-conference teams, which... In my opinion, is really good. I mean, you know, when you have um, a coaching staff that, you know, has a Chelsea Palmer and when you have all these athletes, you want to see how you stack up. You've been waiting for this moment for two years. I think this is a perfect moment for them to, um, or perfect moments for them to prove themselves. But Cody, 
What do you think about Thomas University? When all is said and done, uh, what are your expectations for them this season? And what do you think about their schedule? First off, I just want to say I am so excited for their season because having a team in Georgia is huge because you're kind of right there in the middle between, you know, that KCAC and that Sun Conference. Location-wise, you know, I think that you have a lot easier access to some of these teams in the Midwest. And then they're also making sure that when those teams from the Midwest are in Florida, they are going to be there, you know, seeing as how that's a lot of their game. So I'm just excited that we get to see them face off against Ottawa and Kaiser. I think that that is pretty unique to them as far as teams who get to play both of the teams that were in the championship. I mean, shoot, Ottawa isn't even playing Kaiser uh, according to their schedule. So, you know, that's a very unique situation that Thomas is in. And I love, you know, the the way that they have their schedule set up, honestly. It's, this is probably my favorite schedule that I've looked at so far, just because of the variety of teams and competition that they get to play throughout the year. So, you know, I'm going to be looking through their Twitter for a lot of these score updates. And honestly, you know, I think heading into the Weber International, you have a decent chance of starting off, you know, with, with a 500 record or something along those lines. You know, obviously it depends on where some of these other schools that we already talked about are going to be. But, you know, heading into, you know, that Weber International at a 3-3 three and three record, I think would be a great place to be for this Thomas University. And I think that, you know, following that, we're going to learn a lot about the Nighthawks in, you know, that Weber International. And uh, I, I think that, you know, they're not going to just be the new kid on the block who gets bullied. You know, they're not the new kid at school that you can push around. They're here to show up and take the school for themselves. Uh, the school being the Sun Conference. And so, you know, these teams better be on watch. They've recruited very, very well, I think. Uh, but we'll just, we'll see how quickly they get used to it. But I'm very excited for uh, Coach Chelsea Palmer and the Nighthawks this upcoming season. Honestly, me too. If I am somebody that is trying to get into women's flag football, I would highly recommend following the squad, honestly. I mean, they're new, just like you would be as a fan and whatnot. And, you know, you got some very dynamic players here who can make a name for themselves. And, you know, the state of Georgia, I want to say this last season was their first Georgia, like, uh, girls high school flag football uh, season, either this last year or the previous one. And so, you know, Georgia representing here is really big uh, because automatically, I mean, they have a natural pipeline, right, to uh, Thomas. You know, obviously, they have a lot of Florida players on their team right now. But, you know, if you're a Georgia player over there, I mean, you got to look at this team and be like, yo, this is kind of the squad I want to play for. It's like, you know, wanting to play for UGA, UGA and whatnot, you know, rather than going to play for Bama or Ob or whoever, right? Um, and so that this is a really big deal here. And, you know, they're going to really, you know, they're going to learn a lot about themselves here this season. And honestly, I'm just looking at their schedule here. They don't have to win every single game here. I mean, that goes without saying. But... Going into those NAIA championships, having seen a variety of teams, probably the most variety of teams out of all the teams, um, you know, here that are playing on the NAIA level, they're going to have an advantage because they would have played against basically every style that there is out there, you know, um, against every team uh, out there that would be in these NAIA championships. And so, 
They're going to be a dangerous team to look out for, not only in the Sun Conference, you know, postseason tournament, but in that national tournament here. I would not be, I'm, I'm not going to call them a contender quite yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if they had a, you know, a nice little run, a nice deep run here in that tournament at the end of the year. Cody, is there anything else you want to add on before we move on to our last two teams here? Um, arguably two of the strongest teams in the Sun Conference. Um, best of luck to Thomas in their inaugural uh, women's flag football season, obviously. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just very excited for, you know, uh, Chelsea Palmer to, to get her chance on the collegiate level and, uh, you know, bring that success that she had in girls' flag football to women's flag football. Sweet. All right. Well, right here, we're going to talk about Weber International University. Last year, they kind of rose up along with Kaiser University. I know you can see them at the bottom here. But they kind of rose as one of the top dogs in the conference right off the bat. Ended the year with an 8-3 and three record here. At least, uh, well, according to the Sun Conference, it was an 8-3 and three record. 10-4 and four overall. Let's go ahead and talk about that real quick before we talk about their coach. But... Against Midland here. I don't know why I can't fit the whole thing here. So I'll just talk about the scores here. Against Midland, beat them 52-0 to to start off their program end season, which is a statement win, no doubt. Then they played St. Thomas University and in quadruple overtime win 20-19 to in an absolute thriller. So you love to see that. Um, had here scheduled a scrimmage against the University of Florida. I don't know where that is but it is what it is then they played warner beat them 32 to 7 before losing to kaiser 0 to 45 uh I yeah that was the first time they played them so there you go then against st thomas you have kind of another close one they beat them 18 to 6 before they got a forfeit dub over fmu and then they play kaiser again only lose to them 14 to 15 in a very close one uh before getting another forfeit dub against warner then they Play St. Thomas again, beat them 33 to 12. Kind of running the table on St. Thomas here, not gonna lie. Um, before getting another forfeit dub against FMU. Then in the Sun Conference tournament, they would lose to St. Thomas in the semifinals, 13 to 19 in a close one. And to end the season at the NAIA finals here, they played St. Mary's, beat them 35-16. Then they played Xavier. Um, this is Paul, by the way and beat them 39-0. Then in the semifinals, they would play Ottawa. Just barely miss out on a chance to go to the national championship, the first ever one, and they would lose to Ottawa only 27-12. But overall, a pretty good season for Weber. For a first-year program, I mean, you got some pretty quality dubs here. Uh, did kind of fall short near the end here. I mean, against St. Thomas, that's an unfortunate loss. They only lost to them 13-19. to And then against Ottawa, I mean, it's Ottawa. But they lost to them 27-12. to I mean, they scored at least two touchdowns in that game. I would, I think so, uh, if my math is right. So, altogether, though, not a bad season for Weber. Now, Cody, before I throw it to you, let me talk about their head coach, Coach Jeffrey Molesky, but he is entering his second year as the head coach for Weber here. He was the Sun Conference Coach of the Year. Also won national championships with Florida's club flag football team as coach over there in 2018, 2019, and 2020, I believe. And then he was also 
from that Robinson High School uh, coaching tree as he did used to coach there and win championships there. Um, in total, he has about, uh, a, a, I want to say, 20 years of coaching experience, period, I want to say. So there you go. They're obviously a very good coach. I mean, it takes a lot to get a program that you – you know, are starting and a roster that you are starting with and get them up to speed and, you know, do this well in a season. But uh, what do you think about uh, that coach there, Molesky, and, uh, you know, this uh, season they had last year? Like you said, you, you can already see a coaching tree being developed. And, uh, you know, these these programs that are behind, uh, part of that, a, a little bit of that is on them for, uh, you know, starting uh, flag football sooner. And uh, you're, you're going to see a difference between the programs who have people who've been doing it for a long time. I think that Coach Chelsea Palmer is going to be another example of that in this upcoming season for Thomas. And uh, Molesky here is already an example of that at Weber University. And man, talking about this last season at Weber, I would chalk it up as a success. But I know that all of the players on this team might not feel that way because this is a contending team, a championship contending team. And I think that a word that you can use to probably describe the season is frustrating because I mean, look, they, they start off this season and they get drubbed here by Kaiser university in that first matchup. Then they only lose by one point in the second match. And then, you know, they're having their way with Thomas St. Thomas University, and they lose to St. Thomas in the semifinals of the Sun Conference Tournament? Oh my gosh, this team, look, if they're not hungry this year, then then I don't know what to tell you, because they, they were the team that was just close, but no cigar. You know, between losing to St. Thomas in the semifinals, between losing to Ottawa in the semifinals, between losing to Kaiser by one point, and never having that second shot at Kaiser... You know, I know that they wanted it. I just understand, like, football players and competitors in general. But football, especially, anytime you get really close to beating a team and you progressively get better, you want a piece of them. And I think that, you know, I, I can't speak for what was specifically happening inside the building, obviously. But I think that losing the St. Thomas game, maybe they were looking a little too ahead at a chance for Kaiser. And then, you know, they get to this Ottawa game and they're like, well, we're going to beat Ottawa and then we get our shot at Kaiser and they just never quite got that next shot. Kaiser University. And I know that that is one that is a game that they have circled on their upcoming schedule. That's a team that they want to beat probably more than any other team, honestly. Like it, it would feel like a championship, I think. Just knowing football culture and whatnot, it'd feel like a championship uh, beating Kaiser after having to watch them go to to the playoff and and win and you have to look at your game against Ottawa and think like man we really could have been national champions like I think that this Weber team could have been national champions they have great performances from this past season you know kind of talking about some players here who are going to be coming back I was kind of looking through the stat sheet here and Kayla Burroughs jumps right off she's a linebacker slash rusher for this you know weber team and uh she had four interceptions for 124 yards and four scores last year four interceptions four pick sixes i just i don't know how else to talk about how efficient that is you know and on a squad that only had five pick sixes all of last year you have to circle that 
and she does have to be on your radar. And, you know, she was a contributor in some other ways. She also was a little bit of a rushing threat here, averaging like 10 yards per carry, which was a leading on the team and, you know, running for a touchdown as well. And then catching a couple of passing touchdowns. Caleb Burroughs is a player to be on the lookout for from, you know, that's returning, I should say, to this roster from last year. Just kind of looking through here at some other players. You have a leading rusher in Sierra Harris, who I believe is returning. Yeah, um, you know, she ran for two or er, 266 yards and six scores. And she was also, you know, the leading passer, seeing as how she was a quarterback. 25 touchdowns, so overall a 31 touchdown season. That's a dang good season. You know, these are numbers that we're looking at constantly. Simon is pulling up some of her film right now, actually. And Simon, thank you for bringing that up. I kind of forgot who you had on the list and um, and who, who I was looking at. But anyways, you know, Sierra, she's a very experienced quarterback. You know, she also has film in that... There, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That training center for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, she has some good throws here. I think that she shows good poise, and she's another very smart football player. And I think that she's a championship caliber quarterback uh, through and through. I believe that wholeheartedly here for, you know, this Weber team. Then, obviously, uh, another returner here who Simon uh, also has down here is uh, Breeza. Robinson, I believe, with a, a cool 422 yards. But I won't, I won't talk about that too long while Simon's kind of showing some of these other players here. But, uh, you know, they have a lot of returning talent. And I think that a lot of these players return knowing that they're a championship contender. Well, yeah. Uh, plus, also, they're extremely young. Um, I believe they're still all underclassmen. So, there you go here. Uh, but, you know, let, let me talk about some of these players here. Sierra Harris, she did win, I want to say, co-player or co-conference player um, here in, in the Sun Conference here. Um, obviously, plays quarterback. You know, she was a big part of that offense, I mean, on the season. I'm just going to say her stats one more time. Had 266 rushing yards for six rushing touchdowns. Also passed for 25 touchdowns and... Let me see here. 1,744 passing yards. Arguably the best quarterback here in the Sun Conference. I think that's, I mean, that's more than fair to say here. And, you know, she has a couple more years left. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Weber wins a national championship with her or at least a conference championship with her and this group in general because, I mean, they have a very talented group. Uh, you already mentioned her, Kayla Burroughs. Big part of that defense so you know there you go and then raging garner uh she was a big part of, of this team in general i mean she contributed uh both ways i want to say here Is for the most part she coming back why i think so i saw her name she's she's not on this roster and i think she was a grad student well i'm just gonna mention her real quick here um, oh, sorry. Yeah, she was a grad student. She was the That's only a one. huge loss. Yeah, because she was a phenomenal player. Uh, all conference on offense and defense at linebacker and receiver. So that is a loss. But obviously, you still have other players here who are going to step yeah, yeah. up and do their thing. So, uh, you know, 
not super concerned here. By the way, Sierra Harris and Caleb Burrow, uh, Burrows, sorry, were both all-conference players. Uh, Harris, obviously, a quarterback, and then Burrows at running back and at linebacker. So uh, good for her. That's actually pretty big. And then Breeza Robinson, who you mentioned, was also an all-conference linebacker for Weber. And so, in general, I mean, they have a lot of talent. I mean, this team isn't going anywhere. Obviously, Raging Gardner, uh, you are losing her. That's pretty big. But you'll be okay. <laughs> like, I don't, like, I'm not super uh, concerned about that. I mean, obviously, they've done some recruiting of their own. And so, you know, they're, they're bringing in some players who should definitely do their thing. For them and you know um i mean be, be pretty good so nothing too crazy there uh one player i do want to mention here is suzanne or i don't know if it's suzanne or susan kaufman i automatically uh opted to Suze to suzanne sorry uh but she was kind of the lead receiver for this team with 461 receiving yards and eight receiving touchdowns so you are losing raging but you still are returning your lead receiver. And so that is pretty big. Uh, yeah, I mean, and then as far as recruits go, just briefly want to shout out Samantha Wilson. I I've seen her on Twitter a ton and whatnot. I know I want to say she follows us and whatnot, but she does play quarterback. She is coming in as a freshman. I don't think she's going to start over Sierra Harris, obviously, but she's going to get an opportunity to learn under her so definitely definitely a name to keep an eye out on oh my god to keep an eye out for uh just because i mean you know if uh, harris does go down that's probably one of the quarterbacks behind her so uh so yeah but other than that they're returning a very experienced group that had a very good season in year one now going into year two not only are you know are they carrying that experience but they also have chemistry and you can't take that for granted. I mean, they're going to have or at least a little bit more chemistry. They should at least going into this year. And so you already know the talents there. You're just combining that with chemistry this year. This Weber team could turn into a team that, you know, lost in the semifinals, both in conference and in nationals, and then potentially win one of those. They're definitely a contender going into next, uh, not even next year, going into this season, and they will be one to stay. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. But you know what? Let's uh, take a look at their schedule. And then, Cody, I'll ask you what you think about this team here. Here. Um, I'll, I'll talk about the schedule. You're roboting just a little bit. Okay, go ahead. So maybe it'll give your cha your internet the, the chance to catch up here. But uh, Weber, you know, their, their schedule, they, they do start this season on Saturday. We kind of talked about it, obviously. They face Florida Memorial University, and then following that, well, that's technically an away game, and then following that, they have a three-game home streak, and this is a great time to start off the season super hot, and, you know, um, win these games at Babson Park, so if you're out there in, in Florida by Babson Park, go ahead and swing by and watch some uh, Weber women's flag football as they face off against Warner St. Thomas. And then I'm going to call them the division rival for Weber in uh, Kaiser University. You know that this game is already circled here. And I think that we'll see how ready they are if if they stumble. You know, if they lose, if they drop one of these games to Warner or St. Thomas, I think that you could probably attribute that a little bit to looking too far ahead at this Kaiser game. 
And all I can advise these players is play it week by week, game by game. Focus on the now. Take care of business against Florida Memorial. Take care of business against Warner. Take care of business at St. Thomas. Look, you guys were literally knocking on the door last year to go to that championship game. And so you guys have a little bit of a target on your back. And so the best way to take care of that is to, you know, watch your film and address each team as each week comes. So, you know, you take care of business, you go 3-0 against this Kaiser team, then you focus on this Kaiser team and you focus on getting your revenge. This game can go either way, but, I mean, look, I know I know Weber wants it. I know that, that Coach wants to kind of... Th this is the current kind of quote-unquote monkey on the back here for Weber is not getting a win against Kaiser and falling that one point short in that second game. And so this is a huge chance to let everyone know, hey, we are contenders for the national championship. And I think that how you play in this game, you know, obviously a win would be ideal, but just competing and showing that you could take it week by week and go 3-0. And if you go 4-0 out of the stretch, you got to be feeling really great about your odds heading into the rest of the season. Elaborating on the rest of the season, that is, you then have a game against Thomas University. This is also in Florida, but it says that it is in Tampa instead. Then you have uh, quite a few more home games here, you know, uh, two games against Milligan, one on Friday, one on Saturday morning. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, this is the, the uh, what was it called? The, the Weber Invitational, I believe is what this weekend is for, for these teams. So you also have uh, Kansas Wesleyan making their way out there. Then you have a very interesting game here against Ottawa on a Wednesday afternoon, but you have it at home. So you have Ottawa. They're going to be, you know, traveling. I think that you take advantage of that. And, you know, this is another great chance to make a statement and maybe pull out a win against this Ottawa team. And I think that that shows that you're a contender or at least, you know, keeping pace with them. That's another team that you want to get revenge on. Look, this could be a revenge tour for Weber and then following that, you know, they have all conference play to end the season before heading into the Sun Conference Tournament and the NAIA Championship. Look, you want to split the season with Kaiser no matter what. You don't want to lose to them twice again. And you want to at least compete against this Ottawa team. And you want to, I say you want to keep this game within one score to not only show the fans and, and the media and whatnot, that you are a team to be taken seriously, but also show your players like, hey guys, feel how competitive we are against these teams that were in the championship last year. Because so right now, Ottawa is like the benchmark and Kaiser is right there too, as far as successful flag football programs. And so how you play against these teams is going to be monumental to the culture that you're trying to establish here at Weber and show what everyone you know, whether it's in the Sun Conference or in flag football, what you're all about. Simon, I kind of uh, talked there for a minute, but what's your reaction to this schedule and uh, the teams that they have scheduled for their invitational and whatnot? And what is your outlook here uh, looking at potential seeding for the Sun Conference and for the NAIA uh, tournament? Yeah, I mean, look, Weber has some challenges here. Obviously, playing in conference in itself is going to be tough. You have Warner, St. Thomas, Kaiser, uh, Thomas University. I mean, they're going to be problems for sure. I think, you know, playing against Kansas Wesleyan in Ottawa, if you're Weber, you want to come out here and make a point. And I think they're more than capable. I think some people, 
I don't know why, but I, I think some people think that maybe that gap isn't as, um, you know, is, is, is bigger than what it really is, you know, because, you know, Ottawa, they're the team that's kind of been pushed as like, hey, they're the face of women's flag football. They're the face of women's flag football. That's great. Uh, you know, you know, that's great. You know, they do their thing. They get business done. They have good coaches. But this is Florida, you know, and a lot of all these players are Florida players. You know, they've been doing this before Ottawa has gotten started. And so I think a lot of Florida people look at this and they're like, yo, you know, teams like Weber, Kaiser, like they represent like Florida flag football right now. And, you know, they expect a lot out of them. They expect them to, you know, represent them in the best way possible, honestly, because, I mean, they had success last year. That success should roll over into, you know, this year as well. No guarantees, though. I mean, I'm not going to guarantee that they have been in Ottawa or a Kansas Wesleyan, but, uh, I mean, it's going to be close for sure. And we'll see kind of how um, it goes down at the beginning of the season uh, because this is kind of in the midway point here. But, you know, if they do put up some pretty good uh, games against both of those teams and obviously everyone else in the conference because you can't just look at the out-of-state teams. you got to, you know, make sure you take care of business in conference first. And I think they're going to be in a very good spot in the Sun Conference Tournament. Having all that experience and then going into the NAIA Finals especially, I mean, they're going to be battle-tested and they're going to be ready to go. This won't be the first time they play, you know, Ottawa or another out-of-state like type of school. You know, they have that experience at least two times over. And so that is a very good. But honestly, I'm really high on Weber. I think Sierra Harris, she's going to have another one of those prolific seasons. you got Breeza Robinson, uh, Suzanne Kaufman. I mean, this is a team that's stacked, that's well-coached, has uh, the co-coach of the year uh, over there. And so, you know, definitely some high expectations for Weber here moving forward. But... Is there anything else you want to add on before we move on to our last team, Cody? Yeah, I just want to comment on this incoming class being pretty tall. Um, you have uh, just real quickly here, running through just what they have listed on their roster. Tia Bins, a five foot eight wide receiver slash linebacker. Uh, Samantha Sam Wilson, standing in at five foot ten at quarterback. You have uh, Jasmine Hamilton out of uh, Southeast High School in Florida, who's five foot eight at wide receiver and linebacker. Then you have uh, Bria Cam, who is five foot nine at center slash linebacker. So you have a, a pretty tall kind of uh, corpse here. And that's to add on to, you know, wide receiver safety, uh, Cameron Lane standing in at five foot nine. And uh, just overall, this is one of the taller rosters that I've seen. And so, you know, you look to that, uh, that coaching staff to kind of, capitalize and take advantage of that and uh, maybe exploit some mismatches that this incoming freshman class presents it looks like you know it's pretty uh heavily defensively influenced i might say but uh i mean if you're a quarterback you don't want to be trying to throw over five foot eight linebackers in this uh flag football in this women's flag football uh, sun conference because i mean that those are just harder throws to make period um when you have to try and kind of drop it in there so uh, that's something that I'm kind of keeping my eye out for. But uh, I'm all good to uh, transition to the uh, runner-ups here if uh, you want to kind of take us through the story that leads to that. Yeah, that sounds good. And I kind of just noticed that too. That's actually insane. I mean, they got a lot of size yeah, here. Yeah, that's tall. <laughs> They're, that's a tough team to play against. Whenever you have a team like this that has height and size, I mean, especially in flag football, 
if coached right, they could blanket like the entire field, and there might not be too many places to go that won't end into inter oh won't end with interceptions or whatever. So, just saying. But Weber, a lot of expectations. Definitely will be a contender going into the season, uh, assuming everyone is healthy. So I'm going to go ahead and knock on wood there. But let's talk about Kaiser University here. I want to actually pull this up. Well, actually, let's look at their schedule from last year. Uh, 13 and one. You could guess the one game they lost. It was against Ottawa, which is really interesting. So let's go ahead, actually. By the way, love their whole website here. Very beautiful. But let's go ahead and look through their schedule from last season. First off, you have Florida Memorial. That was a forfeit dub, so there you go. But they would go ahead and play Weber, who they beat down 45-0 to to start their season and their program. Then they would play St. Thomas, who they beat 19-6, get another forfeit dub against Warner. Then they actually play Ottawa, who they beat 26-25 in Florida. So there you go. It's already been done once. Then they play Weber again. This, this time it's a lot closer. They just barely win 15-14. A couple forfeit dubs here. And then you have St. Thomas University. They beat them 31-0. In the conference tournament, they would beat them 33-0 to be the conference champs here in the Sun Conference, so there you go. And then in the postseason, here, let me push this up. In the postseason, played Midland. Um, this is during pool play, I assume, but played Midland, beat them 19-0. to And then played Kansas Wesleyan, beat them 37-12. to Then in the, uh, basically, playoffs, you know, they would play St. Thomas, beat them 32-0, and then played Ottawa, and lose to them 6-7. to seven. That game would end with an interception on the goal line thrown by the Seahawks quarterback. I'm also going to just throw this out there. Definitely have heard a lot of interesting things about this game. Looked at the game itself. That's all I'm going to say. Some interesting things. They definitely could have won that game. Uh, there are some uh, forces at will that they may have not been able to control there. But I'm just going to say that. You know, I know uh, those people down in Florida feel the same way. And if I'm going to be completely honest with you, that's kind of what I hear from other teams as well. But 13-1, and one, very good record here. Uh, let me talk about the coaching staff real quick. They had Justin uh, Hilliker. That's their head coach here. Obviously, only lost one game, and that was in the national championship. Was the co-Sun Conference Coach of the Year, I believe. Also spent about 22 years coaching football on the high school level. Then you also have his assistant coach, Austin Bow, entering his second season as well. He spent 10 seasons as the head coach of Seminole Ridge High School. Had a very good high school record of 154 and 13. Um, also has worked to establish flag football since 2004. He is one of those pioneers for the squad, which is really good. Um, so definitely a lot of experience on this coaching staff. They got a lot out of their players. Cody, what do you think about Kaiser's year last year before we talk about their year this year? I mean, it was almost perfect. Uh, is, is uh, you know, kind of the, uh, the lame way of saying it um, because, you know, it, it brings up the shortcomings. But, I mean, this is exactly what you want. Every team who's starting their program, they want to start the way that Kaiser did, you know, with an undefeated season and, you know, galloping around the competition here in the Sun Conference, especially once they got rolling. 
I mean, you know, they did have that close game against St. Thomas earlier in the season. They did have that one point win against Weber. But I mean, then they they don't let St. Thomas compete with them. They don't let Midland compete with them. They don't really let Kansas Wesleyan compete with them. They took care of business last year in almost every way. Obviously, you know, losing by one point in that state or that national championship. You got me saying that uh, because you, you jump in between conference and, and state in the last week's episode. So I'm going to throw you a little under the bus there. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, falling short there, that hurts. And I, I'm in, I'm eager to see how they look coming out. Because are they going to come out somewhat deflated? You know, which which would it's not unreasonable to suspect with with such a you know deflating loss that they experienced in the national championship? Or do they come out and do they just destroy this brand new program? So, you know, yeah. Either way, um, I I would I would be surprised if they if they lost their opening game this next season, uh, which we'll talk about here in a second. But I think that how they come out is going to be a huge reflection on how their off season went. Well, obviously, but also how they felt about this Ottawa game. And you know, I'm very just interested to see how they bounce back. But on the bright side, they do have a lot of straight ballers coming back for this squad isn't that right simon yeah no absolutely and you know what i want to show this feature on their website because i think it's kind of dope here so we're gonna go oh, ahead are you showing the, the roster? roster yeah you know what yeah i, mean. I love not, this roster not just this this, the future. This, this is a great this is a great team picture um but oh hold up we're gonna show uh, these here as well because i think it's pretty dope not gonna lie here but uh yeah there you go all right so yes. so sick yeah no they have all of them like doing a little pose here which i absolutely love it is it's pretty dope here you gotta have fun with it you gotta have fun with it you know that's, this is that's just a facts. championship energy right here <laughs> it is i mean these are some potential you know future national champs here just gonna be honest with you but you know what let's go ahead and talk about this roster this is just one of those teams in general that, look, I mean, they're going to be returning basically all of their players here uh, that they had from last year. First off, let me talk about the players that made all-conference. And so, uh, Kennedy Foster, wide receiver, all-conference. Uh, there you go. Jasmine Roden, uh, quarterback for Kaiser. She was an all-conference player. Uh, yep, that's her right there. And then on the defensive side of the ball, yeah, Chatavia Richie. I hope I am saying that right because there's definitely, there's definitely. <laughs> I think I could be saying that wrong, honestly. Um, I actually don't see her on this roster right here, so that's interesting. But uh, she did make all conference defense, and then you have Adriana Rodriguez. Uh, she was an all conference linebacker for this squad. So. You know, you're returning you're returning a lot of players. For sure, you're definitely returning a lot of players that were playmakers. Let me go ahead and read off the stats here because I think it will say a lot. Um, Kennedy Foster, rushing-wise, 
Uh, she had, uh, you know, about 149 rushing yards. Nothing too crazy here. What up? And, oh, and then two rushing touchdowns, I believe. She was basically the leader in rushing touchdowns. Passing-wise, though, Jasmine Roden, you know, she was the quarterback. She threw for 1,965 passing yards with a 67% completion rating. That's very efficient. And 33 touchdowns. Very, very good there. At receiver, you have Kennedy Foster, who kind of led the squad here. Uh, she had 567 receiving yards and eight receiving touchdowns. Um, Shatavia Ritchie, she had 358 receiving yards, but was second in receiving touchdowns with seven. And then you have Adriana Rodriguez, um, or at least I believe. I don't know who else it would be, but I believe this is her. She had 265 receiving yards and five receiving touchdowns there. Now let me go ahead and I'll scroll to the defensive stats if I could find them. And I should be able to find them. It's just taking me a minute. Alright, here we go. So, on defense though, you have a couple lead tacklers here. Allison Goolsby, she led the team last year. Ariana Payne uh, led the team last year. Uh, they had 36 tackles and 35 respectively. As far as interceptions go, you had Mariah Vega. She had five interceptions. You have Adriana Rodriguez. She had five interceptions as well. Shatavia Ritchie, she had eight interceptions. I mean, this was a squad that was getting after it. After it. Oh, my God. Number of interceptions here is absolutely wild. Yeah, then, it's wild. Yeah, for sure. And then Emma Wagonman, I want to say, uh, she had nine sacks on the year, which I think might have loved uh, and led NAIA in sacks, actually. Now that I'm reading that out loud. So a lot of great players, you know, starting with the quarterback here in um, Jasmine Rodin. And then just all these other players here. You have Emma Wagenman right here. She is only a sophomore. So boom, there you go. Uh, you have Adriana Rodriguez, Kennedy Foster. A very stacked squad. A squad that probably could have beat, well, they already beat Ottawa once. So that means they could do it again. Like there is no doubt about that if they did it once that means they could do it again uh and that's how i see it and i think this is definitely a team that is i mean they're looking for revenge here i mean look winning the conference that's great that's cool but obviously you want to win the national championship i think they believe that they were a national championship level team and honestly outside of um oh here let me just move over outside of shatavia richie here they're returning everyone and that is very good. I mean, it's really hard to see them not performing at a very high level here moving forward. But, Cody, what do you think about this roster and some of the playmakers I just read off here? Yeah, no. Obviously, this is a very impressive roster. We, we Ben knew about that. Um, Kennedy Foster is a dog. And, you know, obviously led the team in touchdown receptions with eight last year. A little bit of a gadget player, you know, able to... Uh, throw some passes, you know, maybe on some trick plays and whatnot. So you have a little bit of flexibility there. Um, Jasmine, you know, I the stats speak for themselves. 33 touchdowns to nine picks is nuts. Um, and so obviously getting her to come back and, you know, having that rapport with Kennedy already, having that rapport with um, Adriana Rodriguez, having that rapport, once again, with uh, Allison Gould, uh, 
Goolsby as well. You know, she was another solid performer for this offense. So this is a championship level offense. And, you know, they are probably going to be looking to have someone kind of fill the shoes of uh, Richie here, who did have eight interceptions last year. But I mean, when Rodriguez and uh, Maria Vega already have five apiece as well, including uh, Vega, who had a pick six at some point, I don't think that they have to look too far there. And then as far as, you know, incoming talent, I did watch some film on the incoming freshman, Sydney Woodman. She played at uh, Man er, at uh, Palmetto High School. And, um, you know, she she's a very athletic playmaker and uh, one who I think is going to be dynamic. For, I mean, look, if you add her to this offense that's already super deep, then you have a potential unstoppable offense because Sydney Woodman, one thing that she does very well, is she's very disciplined with where she is on the field and she has great field awareness. And so, you know, I think that plays off of the other receivers very well who, you know, show ability to catch and run and show abilities to stretch the field very well. And so then when you throw in, you know, more of that precision kind of area of the field route runner who finds those pockets in the field, what are you supposed to do about that? Like, you basically need, you know, five all-conference cornerbacks. And look, nobody has that. I'm just going to be, no matter where you go in women's flag football, nobody has five um, all-conference players to defend this potential offense. So, you know, that is a scary thing to face, not only from returning talent, but also from, from incoming talent as well. There's a lot of really good incoming talent. They have a, no, probably an ideal balance of returning talent and incoming talent, uh, just in general. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, they're only losing really one big time player, at least that I could see here. And so, I mean, that's huge. I mean, if when you're returning a team that made it to the national championship, that beat the national champions earlier this season, <clears throat> granted, you know, it might have been at home. It's never a bad thing. I mean, that's a dangerous team. Don't get it twisted, even if they didn't add anybody. But they got better. Obviously, the chemistry is continuing to develop here. I'm really high on Kaiser here. I like, I honestly, I like everything about them. Love their uniforms. Love their branding. Love how they hold themselves up. Uh, love the way they play football here. I mean, I know they've been a part of a lot of camps as well. You know, they, I think, recently hosted a wide receiver camp. So, big shout out to them. I mean... This is a very good football team, <laughs> in case you didn't know. Um, this is a very good football team that, you know, have a lot to prove, even being the conference championships, even being a team that made it to the national championship. They feel like that, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they feel like they could be a dynasty here, you know, and get it going here for women's flag football. I know everyone wants to talk about Ottawa. That's great. You know, they're the big name here. But Kaiser, I think, is a perfect team to oppose them. And, uh, I mean, it's not just them. I mean, there's a lot of other teams, obviously. But for now, I think a lot of people look at Kaiser. They're like, yo, that's Florida football at its best. Heike. You know, and obviously, you have that's no disrespect to any of the other programs. But looking at what they did last year, looking at how young this team is, I mean... Uh, look, I believe the oldest player, I'm just scrolling through here, is a sophomore. So they have no upperclassmen. So they have this squad for at least two more years, you know, 
um, like the current squad right now. They have their quarterback for three more years, including this season. There's going to be a lot more noise that they're going to make here. And so let's go ahead and talk about their schedule here moving forward. So, like you said, Cody, they open up the season this week on Saturday. Go support them. Um, and go support Thomas University as well over in Georgia. They start with them. Then they play Florida Memorial next week. Right? That is next week. February 16th on Wednesday. They play yes, Midland. it's almost a week from today. It is week about a week from, well, yeah. Uh, there you go. But they play Florida Memorial and Midland. So there you go. Have a little bit of a break, about 10 days. Then they play Warner University. Uh, here, whoops. I was scrolling just a little bit too far. Then they play Weber, St. Thomas, Florida Memorial again. Thomas, Warner, Weber, and St. Thomas. So, really interesting. Outside of Midland, they don't have any out-of-conference teams scheduled here. So, that'll be interesting. I mean, we know how good they are, and I'm sure they do as well. But, Cody, what do you think about this schedule here moving forward? I mean, <clears throat> Midland, they're going to be a tough squad. I think you can't just write them off. Like Midland, uh, I said this on the stream last week. I mean, they have a lot of Florida players. So, you know, coming back to Florida might feel more of a homecoming type of game than an away game, potentially. So I'm just throwing that out there. But, Cody, what do you think about this schedule here for Kaiser? And what's your expectations for them going into their second season? I mean, the expectation is to make it back to the championship and win it. I think that that expectation is not very different from myself from what the program is expecting of themselves at all. I will say, however, that, you know, after talking about the Sun Conference and talking about the KCAC, that, uh, you know, this Sun Conference is tough. I think that, you know, you look at some of the teams that struggled a little bit last year, and I think that Florida Memorial, they take a step forward. I think that Warner takes a step forward this year. Uh, just being able to play the whole season and having some consistency and having some depth, that's something that you have to keep in mind. Weber, you know that you have a target on your back if you're Kaiser because Weber is hungry to not only beat you but also prove that they are a national championship kind of team as well. St. Thomas University, I think, is someone else. Who, I mean, just in general, you have to look out for all these teams. I think the Sun Conference is very strong. So mission number one is to get out of the Sun Conference uh, alive and in one piece. And I think that, you know, I think that they have their priorities straight here with their scheduling. They do have that game against Midland. I am sad that there isn't an Ottawa game. But, you know, as far as teams to kind of pick and choose, quote-unquote, out of the KCAC, I think that Midland is a good choice to have circled on their schedule and to kind of, you know, be their KCAC opponent of the year until the NAIA tournament, obviously. But, uh, you know, I don't think that... The ride through the Sun Conference will be as smooth, but I think it can be just as successful. I mean, it's hard. If they won the national championship last year, they they would have been undefeated. Going into this year, I have a hard time seeing them go undefeated. Like these teams are better, you know. So it's okay to drop one or two games. Obviously, don't let it snowball, but. I mean, you know, I, I would be surprised if they did go undefeated here. And that's okay. You know, I think playing a lot of these Sun Conference teams will be more than enough to get you ready for that NAIA tournament. And, I mean, like you said, Cody, I think, you know, you got to focus on uh, one game at a time, first off. And then you got to focus on making it out of the conference, defending your conference, uh, you know, title, you know. 
because uh, they are the current champions right now. And I think they definitely could do that. I mean, that's the expectations, right? I think they're a contender for sure. Would not be surprised if they faced Ottawa or maybe even one of the other teams in the Sun Conference for that national championship here come May. Uh, that's just my honest opinion here. I, I, I don't know. I think they're just a very good team and oh, love how they're coached. Their players are big time. They're prime time. You got to check them out. And uh, I mean, I think that's the expectations that they hold themselves to as well. So, uh, so yeah, but I mean, honestly, I think that basically wraps us up. I know we went a little bit over again, but that's okay. I wanted to cover all these teams. I know there are other teams out there like Milligan, Xavier. <laughs> Look, it was hard finding information about recruits and Lauderdale. stuff like that. Fort Lauderdale. I mean, they just, they're just they just getting started too. So I don't know what their situation is either. It's hard finding some of this information. Definitely spend a lot of time just kind of making sure I get the right stories. And even if I didn't, please like dm us on playmakers corner on instagram twitter whatever i mean i think our email is linked somewhere as well you know we'd like to know the full story because moving forward we are hoping to cover at least collegially women's flag football um we're gonna probably do weekly recaps you know talk about games and whatnot uh next week will be the one exception we're gonna release an interview from those leonard high school flag football girls so make sure you look out for that but after that you know we're just gonna go like every week boom we got a weekly episode let's talk about the matchup since uh you know we last talked about women's flag football and uh, we'll go from there and follow all the storylines and great players that ball out because there's going to be a lot of fireworks here uh once this football season comes i mean it's the second season you got a lot of teams that you know are now established you have a lot of teams that were established we'll see who comes out up top but um i'm just gonna say this cody i would not be surprised if the national champion came out of this conference this year at all and i also wouldn't be surprised if both of those teams came from this conference this year what do you think about that in your honest opinion i think it's fair statement but uh just make sure that uh this sun conference doesn't get too comfortable ottawa's the the champs until you guys take it from them and and uh you know that's um that comes off a, a bit smug and uh yeah i understand that and I'm, I'm trying to motivate you and spark you guys just a little bit more because there is a chip on this Sun Conference shoulder that arguably, you know, they have the pipeline of all this Florida talent staying in Florida in-state for the most part. They have Thomas University, who I think is going to be a very successful first-year program after taking their time and getting some very good recruits. And, you know, they have a lot going for them. And I'd say that arguably it was, it was a bit of an upset and a letdown that they didn't leave with rings last year so uh go get those rings this year but uh that goes to like all the teams not just yes that kaiser, no that way. goes to to kaiser weber uh well it doesn't really go to thomas because you weren't competing for it the last year but it goes for it this year and then uh saint thomas obviously and you know warner and um florida memorial turn some heads go make just have fun and make plays and win some games you know this is the year to to show turnaround and um you know you guys have a lot of out of conference uh competition amongst some of these teams and so you know go out there and, and perform 
I mean, yes, they literally have the talent, you know. All right, last question here before we wrap this up and the stream. Cody, who's your front runner? We talked about the KCAC, talked about the Sun Conference. Who are the two front runners you have? That doesn't mean that other teams can't be, but in your honest opinion, who are the two teams that if you had to bet on, who are you going to go ahead and uh, put down those preseason bets on? Obviously, we can't do that. I'm just going to say that, but, you know. <laughs> They don't have that section open on FanDuel yet. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I'd say as of right now, following the research and all the talent that I've seen, I see Weber or Kaiser winning the Sun Conference, which would then put whoever doesn't win the Sun, Con uh, the Sun Conference on the other side of the bracket and then a potential rematch of the Sun Conference Championship as the National Championship. No Ottawa? I said KCAC and Sun Conference. Yeah, yeah. I know that you said KCAC and okay. Sun Conference. Okay. I, um, I'm really high on, on the Florida talent right now. Okay. And I think that the gap, you know, I think that the Sun Conference competition will sharpen the Sun Conference just a little bit more than playing within the KCAC will do um, for, for Ottawa. <clears throat> okay. But they're obviously, I mean, I feel like That's they, they are the defending champs. So no disrespect, obviously. And if they did win it all and, you know, establish a back-to-back -back kind of, you know, Green Bay Packers kind of vibe to uh, collegiate women's flag football, then that's something that none of the other teams will ever be able to live down. So, you well, know, yes. they have a chance to really make a, a historical statement as Ottawa for, for being a perennial and potential all-time powerhouse. So that's what's at stake for Ottawa. Yes, I would personally, Kaiser and Ottawa are the front runners. Weber's not too far behind. Um, I'm also looking at Midland, you know, Kansas Wesley. Like those three, uh, St. Mary's, like I think they could really get it going as well. Atlanta's um, incoming freshman class does make me think that they could be very dangerous come the NAIA Invitational. Yes, but I'm going to throw this out there so that we could clip it. Just in case, I'm gonna look right at the camera for this too. But I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna throw this out there as well. Don't be surprised if Thomas University finds himself in the national championship this year. Or the conference championship this year. Either one. Uh I think that's a team that high key is as talented as they come. They have a very stacked roster, obviously with a great coach out there as well. I, I'm just saying, they're kind of my dark horse team. If I had to pick one dark horse team, that's the team that I'm most comfor comfortable picking, you know. So, boom, there you go. I'm looking right at the camera. So, future me or you, Cody, or Mason, this is a very good clip right now. And if it doesn't turn out well, then, you know, we'll still clip it anyways. This will <laughs> either be, you know, uh, on par with uh, that need take, or it's going to be the Harrison take. I mean, we won't know in, until we're there. Okay, well, that's... <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. All right, well, thank you for tuning in to this live stream. Before we drop all of our social medias, hey, real quick, this whole live stream, unedited, because I'm not going to do that, 
and also so that you can enjoy the whole thing in general will be uploaded on our youtube channel it should be available on our twitch uh, i don't know many people who just watch old twitch streams maybe that is a thing maybe it's not but it's there if you want to see it but it should be on our youtube channel at playmakers corner on our instagram or on our social medias that's instagram twitter facebook tiktok all that great stuff. Go ahead and give us a follow so that you know when more of these live streams are going to be tuning or, um, you know, going up and uh, when our episodes are coming out as well. Because like I said, from here on out, we're doing a women's flag football episode pretty much every week, whether it's interviews or film breakdowns, uh, which I might actually wait a little bit on just because I want to gather a little bit more film here or, you know, just recaps. And these recaps, we're for sure going to do college I wanted to do high school, but that might be a little bit harder to do. So we might maybe do a segment. No promises, but it's still going to be there. Uh, so there you go there. Go ahead and follow us. Show us some love there. And then the also, more, oh, sorry. Well, go I, ahead. I was going to say, the more information that you, the listeners, or the fans can provide who are in those communities, because we're in Colorado, the more information you can provide, whether it's from Arizona, Nevada, Florida, Georgia, uh, I believe Bama, I think, has high school girls yes. flag football this year. Any information you can provide, that makes it just a little bit more possible for us to cover uh, high school flag football. And if you are on those programs, talk to your coaches about potentially getting a max preps together, putting together game recaps and scores, so that way you know we can try and cover it from the distance that we are from all of those programs. And yes. same with the college programs. Anything that well, you can contribute yeah. as far as storylines and games and recaps, please just send it to us. And we'll be like, hey, we this is our source. This is what happened in that game. And we'll even give, give you a shout-out so you can be a micro-celebrity in the uh, flag football world. There you go. And if you don't want us to shout you out, just let us know, too. I mean, like, we, we keep a lot of secrets. I'm not going to lie. That sounds shady, but we really oh do gosh. when it comes to football. And so, you know, if you want to be an anonymous source, be it. You know, we want to know the vibes of women's flag football, you know, because there's more to it than just stats and outcomes. You know, there's uh, there's trash talking and there's uh, drama and all that. You know, we won't report on all that, but, you know, we want to make sure we have, a you know, the full story. And so just reach out to us, like, whenever, to be honest with you. Like, I like I honestly don't care. Like, I, I just want to make sure we have the right stories and whatnot. Uh, so, boom, there you go. After the season, we'd love to interview any one of these girls, uh, honestly. Any one of these athletes, honestly, because they are high-level athletes. Um, they're, they're the future, really, and they're role models, role models to a lot of athletes out there. Not only, like, you know, obviously in their respective states, but in the country as women's flag football is growing also, shout out to the Denver Broncos for uh, bringing women's flag football to Colorado. We will be covering that in the fall when that debuts. And so this is kind of uh, a little bit of practice for that. It should be a little bit more chill. We might have some uh, future coaches who, who could end up in Colorado coaching up uh, some high school flag football. Yes. Uh, on the gridiron this spring. So. Yes. I'm just pushing that out there. You know, we want the best of the best obviously so there you go feel free to reach out to us anytime at playmakers corner uh and then also we're a podcast just in case you're tuning into us and you you know don't know what we do we are a football podcast basically 
We do film breakdowns. Uh, currently, we do cover Colorado football because that's where we're at. But we do a lot of film breakdowns, talk about what kids need to do to get better, uh, talk about just football in general and what football players need to do to get better, to get that exposure on the next level, to be a better teammate, all of that great stuff. That's what we do here at the Playmakers Corner. And so we're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that great stuff. Go ahead and give us a good rating there. Cody, any last words before we tune um, tune out here, basically? Follow us and subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you get notifications when new episodes come out. And if you are a girls' flag football player and you have uh, some film that you want broken down, go to the link tree in any of our social media bios. There is a Google form there. Go ahead and fill that out, and we will get to breaking down your film as well, potentially in one of these Tuesday episodes in a live stream, or just potentially as a released episode. But either way, we love to watch your film, preferably uh, like three minutes. We need at least three minutes of of somewhat decent film to really give you a proper analysis and reading of your game. But uh, other than that, I have been one of your hosts, Cody Stopper. And I'm the other one, Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach V. We'll and catch y'all later. Peace.